Jesus heals 10 men, 10 men who all have a similar condition, a skin condition that makes their skin look as though, well, as though they're dead. They've been excluded from their society, their community. And Jesus heals them and sends them away. And one comes back. He comes back to say thank you. But it's not the one that anyone expects to come back. Why is that? Are the others not grateful? Or is something else going on? Hi, and welcome to St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse. My name's Stuart and I get to be the minister here. It's my pleasure to welcome you wherever you find yourself today. Don't forget if you're watching on video or listening on the podcast, then please like, subscribe and tell your friends. That way we can share our work with the wider community. Don't forget to tell us who you are, where you're from and if you have any prayer requests for us today. Today in the worship service I'm joined by Margaret. She's going to read for us and lead our prayers later. So let's hear the story about Jesus healing 10 lepers. Our reading today can be found at Luke chapter 17 verses 11 to 19. As Jesus made his way to Jerusalem, he went along the border between Samaria and Galilee. He was going into a village when he was met by ten men suffering from a dreadful skin disease. They stood at a distance and shouted, Jesus, Master, take pity on us. Jesus saw them and said to them, Go and let the priests examine you. On the way they were made clean. When one of them saw that he was healed, he came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself to the ground at Jesus' feet and thanked him. The man was a Samaritan. Jesus said, There were ten men who were healed. Where are the other nine? Why is this foreigner the only one who has come back to give thanks to God? And Jesus said to him, Get up and go. Your faith has made you well. Luke's Gospel gives us a cast of unexpected characters. And right from the very beginning, that's the case. When Jesus is born, it's Luke that gives us not kings or politicians or anyone you might expect to come and visit someone important. Luke gives us shepherds. Shepherds who don't usually take part in things because they're out in the fields watching their sheep. They can't attend to the religious matters that they're supposed to. People don't invite them to things. And even if they did, they couldn't come because they have other responsibilities. And they're the first people to see Jesus. And for the rest of the gospel, that continues to be the case. Luke gives us unusual encounters. Jesus meets people that we just don't expect that he would. And when he does, he does unexpected things. In today's story, Jesus meets 10 lepers. Now, leper is a a catch-all term used for people who suffer from a skin disease. We don't really know what it was that they had, but we know that they had been suffering. We know that they'd suffered in lots of different ways because skin diseases in those days were something that would get you excluded from your community. People didn't know about infection control. They didn't know how things happened. They, They thought that if you had some kind of disease, then it was because you had done something wrong. It was a punishment. And so these men are excluded. They're sent away, far away from each other. And so it seems appropriate that Jesus meets them when he's in the borderlands. He's wandering between Galilee and Samaria, never quite sure 
which side of the line he's on. And that's important because in so many ways that's the world that Jesus inhabits. The world where things are less than clear, where things are in between. And these men lead an in-between life. They are neither fully alive nor fully dead. Their skin condition makes them look as though their skin has started to decay and so people are scared of them. I suppose in today's terms we might think they look a bit like how we imagine zombies. Not quite alive, but not quite dead either. And people are afraid. People are often afraid of things that they don't understand. And so these men have been sent away. Sent away, far away from people. And they encounter Jesus, they keep their distance. They step back. They don't want to pass on what they have to anyone else. They certainly wouldn't want to condemn anyone to the fate that they suffer. And they ask Jesus for help. And Jesus gives them help. He sends them away. Go and see the priests. Well, why? Why go and see the priests? Well, because the priests are the ones who are the arbiters of who's well and who's not. Who gets to join in and who doesn't. The priests are the ones who will declare that these men are well the one who will allow them to rejoin society. And it's important then that they go to the priest because until they do, no one will quite believe that things have changed for them. But Jesus doesn't heal them immediately. We often see that in other stories that Jesus says something or does something and people are immediately healed. These men are healed as they walk away, as they begin their journey back into life. It's as if they leave their disease behind and as they walk they get better and better and better until they realise that they're well. Nine of those men keep walking, perhaps afraid that if they turn back the old way of life that they have endured for such a long time will come back as though they need to run away from it, keep going to outpace it. But one man turns back And he runs back to Jesus and he falls at his feet and he says thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all that you've done for me. And Jesus says what we might all be thinking. Are you the only one? Weren't there another nine? What happened to them? And it turns out that the one who came back is a Samaritan. Now it's interesting to see that Jesus never asks in the first place. He doesn't ask who these ten men are. He just tells them that they're healed, to go and be well. He doesn't ever ask them if they are Jews or Gentiles, whether they are men of Israel or men of Samaria. He doesn't distinguish. He cures them all. It's pretty indiscriminate. And yet, It's only one of them who comes back. The one perhaps we least expect. The Samaritan. There's a lot of ambiguity about this story. I've said already that we don't really know where Jesus was, which part of the world he was in. We just know that he's somewhere between two places. Somewhere 
that's not quite there and not quite there either. And these group of men have very little in common, perhaps apart from their suffering. They've come together to live in a community because they all share the same disease. They can't get any worse, so they stay together. They look out for one another, they, they help one another because of their common suffering. Isn't it interesting that that's what happens sometimes, that people put aside their differences and come together because they experience something difficult? We see it all the time. People band together to fight common enemies. People band together to fight disease, to find a cure. People come together to, to give support to their friends and neighbours. But we do so even more when we're all in it together. When the same thing is happening to everyone. Because when it's not, it's really easy to forget. It's easy to put out of mind people who are suffering or people who have different needs to us. The man comes back and he's thankful. Actually, it's a much more present tense kind of thankful than that. He doesn't you know, come back and say thanks and then wander off. He continues to be thankful, to be grateful, to live in gratitude. We know that gratitude is an important thing. It changes the way that we think about the world. Often people who have been living with uh, mental ill health are, are encouraged to, to be grateful, to see the things in life that are, are good, things that they could be thankful for to see life in a positive way rather than a negative one. I think it's a good practice for everyone. Why don't you try it? Before you go to bed at night, think of three things that you're grateful in the day for. And some days that might be really hard. Some days it might not seem as if much has happened or that all the things that have happened are negative. But you'll find three things. There might be three very small and seemingly insignificant things, but there will be three things. And then tomorrow there'll be three more things. And the day after that there'll be three more things. And pretty soon you start to realise that there's a lot to be grateful for. That life is a, an adventure full of gratitude. It's filled with people who do good things. It's filled with people who take time to help. It's filled with people who go out of their way to make sure that People they don't even know can be well, can live full lives and can be better. Or just a smile, some help with your shopping, a kind word. These are all things to be grateful for because they make an experience of life better. But this man has a lot to be grateful for. His life has just completely changed. And it wasn't, it wasn't contingent on anything. Jesus didn't ask him who he was, what he believed, where he came from. He saw his need and the man was healed. Even Jesus' instruction to send off to the, to the priest isn't something that discriminates between Jews and Gentiles. The Samaritans had priests too. They believed pretty much the same things as the Jews. It's just their temple was somewhere else. Their temple was on the mountain while the Jews worshipped in their temple in Jerusalem. They had the same practices, 
they would go and see the priest and the priest would declare them well. So even that doesn't tell us much about who the man was or, or where they were from. But we find out when he comes back who he is. And Jesus wonders why the others haven't returned. Are they not grateful? And that makes me wonder, I wonder what I would have done. Would I have been so pleased, so delighted to have been healed and be well that I wander off as quick as I can to see the priest and to, to go back and see the people that I've missed, to get my life back, to start again, to make up for all that lost time? I think I might. I think I might forget to turn around and go back and say thank you. I think perhaps the next day or, or later I might reflect that I am indeed thankful, very thankful. But in that moment, perhaps the excitement would overcome me and I would rush, rush back into life and into community. It's kind of what we've done following COVID, isn't it? We have spent such a long time apart from each other that as soon as we could, we've rushed back into our lives. We've rushed back into being together, of doing all the things that we couldn't do, of making up for all that lost time. I wonder if we could maintain some of that gratitude that we felt during that time. A time where we stood on our doorsteps and clapped for people we never met. People who worked hard to keep us well. People who rarely get thanked. People who do their jobs unseen and often unnoticed. I wonder what you might be grateful for. It might be for healing. There are some amazing stories of how people become well, who overcome the odds, who are helped by their friends and doctors and nurses to recover. But often healing is a long process. You don't just walk out of a life of exclusion and pain back into normality. You'll always remember that time. You'll never forget it, never really be able to leave it behind because it forms part of your experience. And that's not always a bad thing because sometimes we catch ourselves remembering how things used to be and it makes us even more grateful for how things are now, for the people who have helped us, for the people who walk beside us each day, who hold us when we need help, who laugh with us when things are joyful, to console us when times are hard. Jesus understands all of that. That's why he sends the men to the priest so that they can join back in with their communities because community is important. Community is how we're supposed to live. We're supposed to live together and look out for one another. So I wonder in the week ahead if we might be grateful. Grateful to God for all that we have. But grateful to each other. Grateful for, to the, the people who su support us and who, who look after us. Grateful for those small mercies, those tiny things that make all the difference. Sometimes we feel in between. Sometimes we feel out of our depth. But always we are held. Held by God, who loves each and every one of us completely regardless of who we are or even what we've done. 
So know yourself to be loved. Know yourself to be valued. And give thanks. Thanks to God who loves us all.
let us pray. God, Father and Mother of all creation, we ask that you help us discover a perfect trust in your protecting love. Even in our moments of weakness, when the sense of helplessness threatens to overwhelm, may we be turned to have such a sense of your presence that we know ourselves to be in safe hands. As we reflect on our world, we know that many people are easily frightened by and in the fragility of life. Many must endure worries each day of life. Sometimes these are health-related, sometimes these worries are based on a lack of confidence and the self-ability to cope, and sometimes people are frightened because of a lack of even the most basic of resources and the doubt about how to manage to keep oneself and one's loved ones safe and well. To all your frightened folk in the world, we ask that your spirit of peace is made known. Let us not be backward or hesitant. Let us not be those who hold our distance. Instead, may we be willing always to do what we can do for others, regardless of the cost to ourselves. We continue to pray for those who are weary of catching infection in this time of pandemic, and for those who are isolating just now, and for those enduring the symptoms of long COVID. We remember our practitioners of care within medical centres and hospitals, and those working in the community, already on their knees. We pray that as the winter season kicks in, our country will be able to provide support for all who need the touch of a caring hand and caring service. We pray in Jesus' name, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Go now and be thankful to God. Thankful for all we have, all we've been given, all the opportunities and even the hard times because they all make us who we are. Children of God, loved by God, blessed by God. So go and be that blessing to one another. Take God to our friends and neighbours. Go because we know that Jesus goes with us and that the Holy Spirit lives in our hearts, always. Amen.